Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Thank you, folks, and welcome back to the Sebi Podcast radio show with myself and my sidekick, my ride partner, Michael Gray, back at it again inside the studios of WNSC. We hope you have a great day today and a great week and another great weekend in the sports world. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Welcome back, everyone. Savvy Podcast Radio Show with my ride, my man, Mike Grace. Good to ha- be back here on air, Mike. Oh, sure. It's definitely great to be back, you know, especially with everything that's been going on. I feel like we got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about here for sure. We got a lot to talk about from Lamar Jackson, Mr. Lamarvelous, to the NBA and, of course, our weekend pickums. But our opening segment today starts with Mr. Carmelo Anthony. The game of basketball got an icon again. Mr. Carmelo Anthony, also known as Mello, back in the hardwood. Took him 376 games to get back in the hardwood, Mike. But it's nice to see Carmelo, even at this point of his career, back playing the game of basketball. Yeah, definitely, and especially the watching the first game back. You know, going through the going through the uh, locker t- towards the locker rooms, getting prepared for this game. You could tell Melo was juiced up. You know, he took the he took the first couple shots. He actually made the first three of the game. I, I, I wasn't surprised with the performance. I mean, you know, he still he hasn't played basketball in a in an NBA basketball game in over a year. Yeah. So it's, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be some rust taking place. I, I just know in that first game, I didn't expect much from him. I just knew he was so juiced up to play and happy to play. That's all he really cared about. Absolutely. A lot of emotions raved up for Carmelo himself. And in a very good team that he landed on, Mike, the uh, Portland Trailblazers, right now currently 5-10. and 10. It's still early on in the season. Rough start, and uh, they've got a lot of injuries. But with Damian Lillard out and him inserted in the starting lineup, that was huge for Terry Scott's unit. And we'll see how when Dame comes back mm-hmm. and – McCullum, how Mr. Mello, Mr. Carmelo Anthony gets implemented in the offense. That's going to be very key to watch in here for sure. A lot of things has been going on here in the NBA. We talk about the Eastern Conference, Western Conference. The NBA power rankings went out, Mike. Uh, every week it's it's a different thing. It got switched last week. Um, but here's the top five, and I, I want to get your remarks at this. Okay. So obviously this is a makeshift. NBA power rankings. Uh, the biggest team that made the biggest leap was the red hot run gun liftoff Houston Rockets boy, Mr. James Harden right now, Mike. He's averaging <laughs> them near 40 a night. So <laughs> that's <laughs> too remarkable to watch the Rockets winners of nine in a row right now. Leapfrog 
to 11 and three as their record. Last week, they had the biggest jump from nine to two. So they're second in the power rankings. Lakers were second last week. Now they have the top of the list. The Celtics, because they did lose on a nail biter to the Kings, fell to the third spot. Bucks stay at the fourth spot and the Nuggets jump from number 10 to number five as of their recent success. So the top five goes Lakers, Rockets, Seas, Bucks, and Raptors uh, and Nuggets, followed by Raptors, Heat, and Clippers as your top eight. Your thoughts about that, Mike? Got you. So you said the Raptors are six or number five? It's number six. Okay. So you got the, the Nuggets, the uh, Celtics, Raptors, Bucks. Heat, and Clippers. Heat and Clippers. Got you. Uh, I love it right now. I mean, right now you got to give it to the Lakers. They're playing probably the best basketball in the league right now, them and the Boston Celtics. And they're absolutely right. The Houston, Houston Rockets on an eight-game winning streak right now. I wouldn't say they're playing better right now than the Lakers or the Celtics, but I, I definitely see they're on an eight-game. I understand it. They're on an eight-game winning streak right now. They're rolling. They're probably probably the hottest team in basketball right now. So I, I can understand that perspective. And yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks definitely. Uh, the, the way the, the way Giannis is playing, Sevy is just unfair. It's it's not fair. Though. What we're seeing from the Bucks, what we're seeing from Giannis is Giannis is just absolutely taking over. And then you know his his, his guys are helping them out. Like Brook Lopez has been giving them some good minutes lately. And uh, you know guys are starting to spill in and spell for Malcolm Brogdon. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. But the I'm not I'm not mad at the Lakers topping this list off. They've been probably the most consistent team in the league since the uh, that first game one. And you know they deserve the number one spot right now. And then uh uh I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm the Boston Celtics as well. They they won that hot streak. They're a very sneaky team in the East that. That's going to be in the mix. So I, I I respect this this five right now. This is just you know week to week. Right now the these teams are absolutely where they need to be as far as the power rankings. No doubt there. The Boston Celtics themselves have a huge showdown tonight. Oh yeah, Staples Center with the return of Mr. Kawhi Leonard grouping up with Paul George, the highly anticipated duo that we have been waiting on there for sure as well. Um. A wise man once told me, Mike, that one day it, this league would turn into Luka Doncic's uh, 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 league. And uh, another guy as well, one of the Magic scouts down here said that he has the potential to be the best international player of all time. I'm like, you serious? You haven't seen Dirk Nowitzki? I mean, seventh all-time in scoring list, 30,000 points. You've got Manu Ginobili. The list goes on. Uh, why Luka Doncic? And, and I think we're starting to see that evolution, Mike. We're starting to see that. Um, here as well uh, the Mavs they climb up to number 10 in the power rankings but Mr. Luka Doncic Mike he <laughs> he's done something only LeBron has done and so right. anytime you're in the same breath or in the same sentence as LeBron James you know you're doing something right yep. kid is not even able to get a drink yet he's only 20 years old a 40 point triple double it was already remarkable when you hit 20 12 or 10 or something like that this brother's giving you 40 11 and 12 every other night and, and the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks have struck gold Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle has got their franchise cornerstone pillar for the next decade to 15 years your thoughts on Mr. Luka Doncic I love Luka Doncic Luka Doncic is a special basketball player he's uh his skill set is through the roof I love the step back jump shot I love the fact that he can facilitate and get players better offensively he's he's a great player Defensively is where I don't like him. I don't like how he, uh, you know, stays in front of his men. I don't. I don't like uh, you know his his pick and roll defense. He 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 has time to work on it. He's young. I'm sure he'll 
get the gist of it and understand that that part of the that side of the ball is just as important um, as the offensive. But I, I think he'll I think he'll understand every time. But what I'm seeing from him offensively right now is absolutely special. I mean, this guy, you know, he, he he's making it look too easy, Sebi. I mean, he's coming in 19 years old and he had a great rookie season, and then he comes back this year and. It's like he's improved even more in his, on his game. I, I love watching Luka Doncic play. You're absolutely right. The Dallas Mavericks have both him and Kristaps Porzingis in their cornerstone. A 20-year-old and a 22-year-old player. A 20-year-old and a 23-year-old player, excuse me, uh, for the for the cornerstone of their franchise for years to come. The future of this team is is set as far as their, their stars are, are considered. And you're right, Luka Doncic has the potential, I agree to be one of the best, if not the best, international player of all time. He definitely has the potential to, to be that. Absolutely there. Luka Doncic is something extremely special. And we got it. <laughs> I think it's his league in, in a couple of years, Mike. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I'm with you. The defense kind of worries me some. But, you know, I, I think a lot of that is probably just effort. You know, uh, yeah. there, there's, there's things, you know, you play basketball, you play pickup ball. You see guys don't want to play defense. But most of that is just effort, you know. Getting in a, in, in, a, in a stance, you know, putting your hands up and and sliding your feet. I think that Rick Carlisle is an exceptional coach. He'll teach him up and get him going on that. And the kid, like I said, he hasn't hit his prime yet. Can you imagine if he can at least play some defense with the arsenal of moves that he already has as an offensive game for sure? So. The sky's the limit for sure for this Dallas Mavericks team here for sure. Uh, before we move on here, Mike, the Toronto Raptors are another surprise team uh, in the landscape of the NBA. You've got guys like Pascal Siakam. And Mike, if you told me three to four years ago, Pascal Siakam was just came in the league as a defensive stopper and, and he would get the assignment of the best opponent's player. If you told me three to four years ago that he would turn out like this, I, I'd look at you silly. You know, just the maturity, the growth, the improvement year in and year out in his offensive game has just been light years for for this Raptors franchise. Massey Igeri and also Nick Nurse has to be thrilled with what they've got. He's basically stepped in for the little Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. role. Uh, now that he's their go-to man, you still got the requisite of uh, weapons around him, a, a group of players like uh, Mark Gasol, like a Van Vliet. Kyle Lowry's still there and steady as their point guard. And the emergence now of OG Ajanobi, who all of yes. a sudden is averaging 13 points a game. So yes. this Raptors team, they fall into six in this power ranking, but right now, Mike, I think they're sneaky dark horse in the Eastern Conference. A team that got overlooked since the departure of Kawhi Leonard. They definitely are a sneaky dark horse, and one of the main reasons they are is because they just came off winning a, a championship. You know, every, the, those players on that team are fresh off a title. The, the confidence is through the roof right now. You know, I've I've seen it over the years. Multiple players that have just won their first championship. The following year, they come in there, and it's almost like they they come in with a new mindset, a new mentality, and just a free, just free, just more free, more free out there on the court. And they're just playing basketball, and that's what you see from this Toronto Raptors team. They're full of hardworking players that can go for thirty any night, but they have a player in, in Pascal Siakam who, like you said is set up to be a perennial all-star for the rest of his career. That's how special he is. And watching Pascal Siakam, the emergence of him, and the player development that Toronto has put together as far as what they've done with Siakam, what they've done with the OG Adenobi, uh, developing a, 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 a Van Vliet and guys like that, just continuing to work with these guys, continuing to get better 
over time, and we're seeing the maturation process of most of these players. This is a special, a unique ball club that is literally a superstar like Kawhi Leonard away from being a championship contender. They're going to make noise in, in the uh, East, but I think they needed that one superstar at least to get them over the hump because as a collection, they probably have the best collection of role players outside of probably the Clippers that, that we have in this game. Yes, the Toronto Raptors there for sure continue to make noise and haymakers across the NBA. Folks, don't go anywhere because when we come back, we talk about Luka Doncic perhaps taking the league over in the NBA. Well, in the pro game in the NFL, all of a sudden, it's they're calling him Lamarvelous. <laughs> MVP chance in every stadium that he's played. Lamar Jackson, we discuss that and also look ahead to week 12 in the NFL. This is the Seven Podcast Radio Show inside the studios of WNSC. Yeah. What's up, everybody? We at it again in Orlando. You know, Prada Nana's putting it in. We got Celine Orlando ball, so you know what I mean? We getting ready to do a little dirt out here in Orlando. Had to hit that put, put, put. Come on, man. You know what's going down. We also have Boston Engineer. And don't forget, we got ball and beauty. It's going to be coming out of where we at, where the park, where we at, and we going to flood, flood, flood the streets. Ha! Make sure you get your tickets. DM, Instagram. It got to be on Eventbrite, right? Lord Dirt, and you heard what I said. Bossa, 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 engineer that. Bossa, engineer that. Bald and beauty, where we at? When the fuck you heard that? Come on now. Come out there and celebrate. Make sure you come and participate. Hey, you know where Prada on is going to be out in Orlando doing the best that I can. I appreciate y'all. Nama, 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 nama. Not that, uh, you know, it really means anything, Mike, but uh, there's a guy that, you know, this Pro Bowl thing that, not that it really means anything, you know, in the NFL, but there's a guy that has <laughs> nearly 30,000 more votes than any other initial player in the ballot voting right now. Uh, who that guy might be? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I don't like know. I don't know, sir. Right here, potentially. I don't know, sir. Maybe somebody like this guy. Maybe. I don't know. The Markable, the Marvelous, whatever you want to call him, Mike. I mean, this brother is on another level. Talk to us about Mr. Lamar Jackson Jr. Lamar Jackson is one of the, is a very special player and a unique player in his own right. I, I love this guy because he's so he's uh, humble. He's confident in his game. He understands what he brings to the table, and he's not afraid to use it. You know, he understands. He's heard all the noise ever since he's been in college, coming into the league, oh, uh, um, possibly playing receiver and, and, and moving in positions and stuff like that. And he's, he's stuck with what he believed, and he stood to his ground and understood that he plays quarterback, and that's the best possible position to play him. And I, to be honest with you, Sebi, I don't think he could have went to a better situation than going Absolutely. to Baltimore Ravens. That's the biggest thing for me because I know a lot of organizations that mentally would not have 
uh, presented this type of opportunity for Lamar Jackson, and his career could have went an entirely different way. As of whereas he he's with this Baltimore Ravens organization that is class personified, their culture is intact. They still have a mystique that's uh, passed down from Ray Lewis and others, and they understood John Harbaugh and and this organization understood that we don't need to try to change Lamar. We need to try to if this is going to be our quarterback, we need to build around him. And they've built around his brother, and they've given him nothing but confidence and poise. Anytime he's made a mistake, they haven't rushed the process. They've let him go out there, learn, and he continues to get better and better. This guy is special, Sebi. He's only in his second season. Um, and, and what we're seeing right now, you know, he's just – they, they run the football at such an elite rate. But Lamar Jackson, what he does as a dual threat with his legs, he's, he's working – he's slowly but surely becoming the passer that uh, uh, the Ravens need him to be. In order to be that, to take that next step, he's getting better and better with time, and I feel like over time, Lamar Jackson, this will be this will be his league. You know, it's, he's still young and he's making plays now, but this will be his league very soon. And I, I credit the Baltimore Ravens for being patient and being uh, being understanding of his play style and conforming to him instead of trying to get him to conform to a, a system that that wouldn't be suitable for him, for his game. And Lamar Jackson has benefited from it, and he's he's taking off right now, man. <laughs> not bad for a court, uh, running back, right? Right, not bad at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of things uh, to look at here and a lot of metrics. All the metrics say uh, that this Baltimore Ravens team is unlike any team. And I'll, I'll bring this later on in the segment here, Mike. But this Lamar Jackson guy, there's a unique uh, 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 talent there. Obviously, we know what he could do with his legs, and we knew that. But I think coming into the season – you know, I, I don't even think Ozzie Newsom and John Harbaugh knew what they had in them. They said that they thought that this would be a maturity uh, a year, probably give him about three to four years to kind of get him to adapt to the speed of the NFL, to learn how to read coverages, uh, of course, learn how to throw inside the pockets and, and throw outside the numbers. They thought that, you know, that this would be a maturity growth, but they would have never thought in the second season he would be ahead of schedule and ahead of what the process that they wanted to be. And this Baltimore Ravens team, Mike, I'm going to bring this to you, I I think is the best team in the AFC, and if not the best team in the NFL, and here's why. And and all of the metrics say that. They're number one in the NFL in rush yards total. That's over 200 a game. Why? You have Lamar Jackson, and you have Mark Ingram, and, of course, uh, you you got this uh, the third guy, can't remember his name, undrafted kid. Um, that they that they have got like a three-headed monster and yeah. what they do. And I credit not only John Harbaugh for this, but also Greg Roman. Greg yep. Roman, all of his familiarity with Colin Kaepernick, with the success that they had with the Niners, yeah. winning to three straight NFC title games uh, in his tenure out there in San Francisco. Now, you know, also had success with Mike Vick in Atlanta. So this couldn't be the best guy <laughs> for the job after all. I mean, you're talking of, and what I like about the Baltimore Ravens, Mike, is they have this unique way of running the football. Yes. Last year, when in, in that uh, playoff game against the Chargers, so they played them the second time, right? And they said, okay, we see what you're doing. So we're going to play seven defensive backs and seven safeties to stop the run because we know our linebackers can't keep up with Lamar Jackson, but we do think that we have athletes like DBs yes. and safeties to stop you. Well, now the Baltimore Ravens, they made. They made adjustments. So if you do that now, 
they're going to say, okay, well, you're going to have a light front. We're just going to pound it inside with Mark Ingram because you can't do that anymore. Yep. So if, if, you, if you can't do that now because you can't play seven safeties up front because you're, you fear that you're going to run the football and pound it with Mark Ingram. So that's out the door. And then you have to keep your base personnel on there with your actors and your regular DBs. And that's where Lamar Jackson and the athlete that he is out on the edge can really hurt you. And then, of course, they played a three tight end set. So you got three tight ends that can not only block, but also pass catch. So in essence, Mike, this is a Ravens team that literally has eight offensive linemen if you count the three tight ends that they keep every single down. Mm -hmm. So this is a team, Mike, that they're hard to game plan for because schematically you don't know what they're going to do. Yep. And then, of course, you got to worry about number eight back there. Is he going to run? Is he going to throw? Will I leave a spy there? If he sees a spy, he's just going to dump it off to Mark Ingram on a screen or one of the tight ends. And then, of course, if you if if you play man to man, he's got burners like a Hollywood Marquise Brown on the edge. So this Ravens team, Mike, I, I think they're the best team in the FC and may be the best team in the NFL because that defense is caught up to that level as well. Definitely, as a great analysis on your point, I understand every every metric, and I agree with that. I agree with every sentiment of it. <laughs> The Ravens definitely might be the best team in the AFC, and I, you're right. I'm I'm looking at the NFL right now. They're playing like the they're playing the best football right now, of probably any team in, in the NFL. The way they're winning, like you said, they can run the football. So it's not that you just it's that they run the football. It's how and when they dictate the tempo of the game. You're whenever you play the Baltimore Ravens, you're playing their at their game at their pace. They they dictate everything. And that's how they they get off, and you know they they've been most the most successful with this running with this running style. They average almost over two hundred yards a game, and it's special. It's special watching it, and you know this Ravens team. You're right. The defense is caught up. The addition of Marcus Peters has been tremendous. What he's able to do, you know, he had a great game last week against DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. Not easy. Got to stop, Mike. And and this and this Texas and this Texas team, and then you know he's out. He's already had two pick sixes since he's been here. So in Baltimore, so you know this defense has been emerging. Earl Thomas, they have veterans like Earl Thomas still back there. The acquisition of Josh Barnes was also a big time pickup. At excuse me, at the linebacker position for the Baltimore Ravens because what he's able to done, he's able to help spell for the loss of a C.J. Mosley that they dearly miss. And Josh Bryans hasn't been playing like C.J. Mosley, but he stepped up and, and, and made big-time plays. Uh, Matthew Judon, guys like that have been getting big-time pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks. You're right. This team this team right now is playing like the best team in football. You know what I mean? So I, I, w- I would give them that. And I think they're playing like the best team in the AFC. <laughs> Excuse me, AFC for sure. Man, it must be nice if you could run the football like that almost oh, yeah. to a game. If you're a Hollywood Brown, and I know Lamar Jackson loves him some Mark Andrews because this guy, can you imagine the opportunities he's going to get in secondaries just getting one-on-one matchups yep. as well because the way that they run the football, a lot of things can open up. Lamar Jackson, he can't hide from the spotlight, Mike. Monday Night Football in L.A., all the flashing, Showtime, Hollywood, ready to see Lamar Jackson Monday Night Football against the Rams. And speaking of that matchup, that shifts our gear to our Week 12 pickums, Mike. We didn't do so well last week. I had a couple of hiccups here and there. I'm sure uh, I had but, a few as well. 
Yeah, but nevertheless, we kick off week 12, Thursday night football in H-Town. The Houston Texans looking to bounce back from, of course, the Lamar Jackson show. Back at home against this Indianapolis Colts team. Indianapolis Colts, all of a sudden, number one in the AFC South. It's a battle for the AFC South. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Colts and the Texans. I'm going to go ahead and take the Texans here. Obviously, the Colts won at home when they played uh, a couple weeks ago. I think the Texans will hold serve. They know that they have they can't allow the Colts to gain ground on them that much. I like the Texans and Deshaun Watson to have a bounce-back performance. Maybe get a couple TDs to Mr. DeAndre Hopkins after being frustrated with the rest last week. Uh, give me the Texans at home. Yeah, give me yeah, give me the Texans at home as well. I think when it when when it comes to these two teams, they're both too good for one of them to lose twice. You know, I, I see, you know, the Indianapolis coach, they did a great job. They took care of home court when they played the first time. I think Houston uh gets revenge and they, they and they do the same thing on the short week. Give me the Houston Texans at home. Definitely there. The Browns at home get set to make a late playoff push. Obviously, the Miles Garrett issue, Mike. Uh, <laughs> your quick thoughts on that? Oh man, I, it it was a uh, Sebi. I played the game plenty of times. Uh, I've been playing this game for a long time. Uh, just real quickly, his it's it, it was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. Um, I I don't like that he didn't show control in that situation. But I also don't like the fact that Mason Rudolph didn't get suspended because Mason Rudolph was the one that initiated the fight, trying to take his helmet off, and. Then after it was over, he took his helmet. After he got his helmet taken off, he then runs over towards Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett is defending himself. But Miles Garrett not even realizing the fact that he has a helmet in his hand, he he blanks out. It's 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 one of those situations, Sebi, where you know football is controlled aggression, but at the same time, I can understand how somebody can blank out and lose all sight of everything like that because you know he he was frustrated with the fact that his helmet was getting ready to get taken off but he deserves the suspension he deserves to be out for the season i, I, I hope it's nothing further i hope he gets to start the start of next season but i feel like they 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 dropped the ball with with um not suspending Mason Rudolph because he he was not an innocent man in all of this yeah definitely there the browns of course looking to turn over that page and move on forward uh, against the Miami Dolphins i can tell you this mike they won't need Miles Garrett for this game. I like the Browns. Uh, they sh- this is a team that they should be. They're at home. Give me the Browns at home to win this Sunday. Give give me the Browns at home as well. I think they continue to ride their momentum, uh, winning these last two games. And I know I know it was frustrating how they lost, but I think they can get past that. I think the fact that they had an extra few days to you know to get their mind right coming off Thursday night Thursday night win. I think that I think that it'll it'll behoove well for them. Give me the Browns at home. The Lions travel to the nation's capital in D.C. to take on the Redskins here. This is two teams that all of a sudden are turning their pages, uh, not the season that they both wanted, turning the page to perhaps next year and, of course, restocking and piling up some picks. This is a tough one, Um, a a game for (laughs) pretty much nothing to learn. But give me (laughs) the Lions on the road. I I was – Impressed by what I saw by Jeff Driscoll. The ability to move out the pocket. You still got playmakers on that Lions team. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. I think they just got a little bit more talent than the Skins. Give me the Lions on the road. Give me the Lions on the road as well, Sebi. I'm with you. I was very impressed with Driscoll as well. I I, I thought 
last week, as soon as I saw that Matthew Stafford wasn't playing, that the Cowboys would win that game easily. But they, the, the, the Detroit Lions actually had a chance to, to tie that game up and possibly win it. So they were right there in that ball game with them. So give me the Detroit Lions on the road as well. But I will tell you one thing, Seppi. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has, uh, started last week and start and um, this week. Uh, watch out for that uh, Dwayne Haskins-Terry McLaurin connection. It's looking scary and special already. Also keep an eye on Mr. Darius Geis as well. Yes. On the team as well. The all of a sudden, Mike, in the playoff picture, Raiders. That's right. <laughs> That's right. John Gruden has this Raiders team playing fundamental football. They got them playing fast on defense and very opportunistic on offense. They're 6-4, and four, and they're going cross-country to the Jets. Now, this is not easy going West Coast to East Coast. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but nevertheless... Uh, this is a Jets team that I can't understand. They got a big win last week at D.C. I don't think they can duplicate that for two weeks in a row. I like how this Raiders team is playing, and I think that they're going to continue putting pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs for the top of the AFC West. Give me the Raiders on the road. Sebi, give me the New York Jets at home. Give me the New York Jets at home, Sebi. I think that uh, Sam Donald has found his groove over the last few games, now, albeit going against the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins. But I feel like he's, you know, found his groove and he's got a, a new sense of confidence in himself. You know, we, we all know how bad he looked against the New England Patriots and uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, these last two games, he's really uh, shown how how great he can be as a young player. And I think he was just going through the growing pains of being a second-year second year, uh, play quarterback in this league. So give me, give me the New York Jets at home. I think it's a tough game. I'm, I think Oakland gives them a, a tight ball game, but I, I'm going to go with the Jets at home. The Chicago Bears, after a tough loss in L.A., head back home, trying to regroup to see if they can make a late playoff push in this season. They host the New York Football Giants, Mike's New York Football Giants. This is sneaky here, but you know what, Mike? Give me your New York Football Giants. Are you serious Giants right here. now, Sebi? Yes, give me your Football Giants. I'm feeling it. <laughs> it is a hostile environment. Yeah. It's got to go against the Monsters of the Midway at home. But Daniel Jones... If he, your pocket can withstand the guys like, you know, Khalil Mack and guys like Akeem Hicks up front, there's some holes in that Bears secondary. It's, it hasn't been the stingy defense that we were accustomed to and seeing last year. They got still got playmakers. Raekwon Swift, Eddie Jackson's back there. But you know what? I can't rely on that Bears offense. And they're probably going to bench Trubisky. Give me the Giants on the road here, Mike. Sebi, I, I love your confidence, and I love you put a smile on my face as soon as you said, bring me the Giants. But, Sebi, I can't do it. Give me the Chicago Bears. Yeah, just like I, you don't trust Mitchell Trubisky, I don't trust the Giants' defense. We, it's like any any team, I don't care how bad your offensive ratings are, when you play against our defense, you, you, you tend to have a pretty good game. And that's because our, <laughs> our defense, they continue to not be able to get off the field on third down. They, uh, they continue to give up big plays for touchdowns. Uh, it's just not a good, not a very good defense right now, and uh, Daniel Jones is still is still going through some growing pains. Give me the uh, Chicago Bears at home. Speaking of third downs, the Giants dead last in the NFL uh. in opponents converting on third downs for sure. Uh, from there, where Mardi Gras, where Drew Brees. Camara invite division rival Carolina Panthers. Wow, I think we were fooled, Mike. We thought this Panthers team probably turned the corner. Not quite. They had a lock, lackluster performance last week at home against the 
Atlanta Falcons. I think that duplicates a second week in New Orleans. Drew Brees doesn't lose at home very often. Give me the Saints and probably pretty big. Yeah, give me the Saints big as well. I, I, I love, um, you know, what the Panthers are doing. They need to uh, – Christian McCaffrey is having a great year. Uh, Kyle Allen, had, he, although he had a great first few games to start, I think he's starting to come down to life and, and uh, show that he's still a still a young guy and, and has some has some growing pains to go through. So, and give me Drew Brees and this New Orleans Saints team at home. I, I think that a loss to the Atlanta Falcons like they had a couple of weeks ago was much needed. It, it was able to give them a sense of uh, humbleness, give let them refocus, and they locked in last week against Tampa Bay. I think they do the same thing at home against the Panthers. Give me Give me the Saints at home. It's the battle of the birds. Which bird you like best? You got the Hawks and you got the Eagles. The Seattle Seahawks, 14 days to prepare. <clears throat> Russell Wilson hearing all the noise in the East Coast about Lamar Jackson. Well, in the West Coast, they're chanting, go Hawks, dangerous. Well, he's got two weeks to prepare. They travel east to the Philadelphia Eagles, who had a lackluster performance on offense last week. So the Eagles in a dogfight right now in the NFC He's trying to Gain ground on the Cowboys here, Mike. But give me dangerous to continue to make this Hawks team dangerous moving on forward in this playoff push that they're doing. I think the Hawks right now are are, are just fundamentally sound. They can run the football, and you're always in games when you have number three at helm for sure. The Eagles, I'm going to tell you this, Mike. One thing I stood out to me is when teams figure out to double a Zachers, they really don't have a, a guy, a burner outside. It's mm, supposed to be Nelson Aguilar. Alshon Jeffries bang, banged up. Deshaun Jackson's been banged up. So the problem with the Eagles here is they can't find a guy to push the ball downfield and to get open. With that being said, I got Pete Carroll. I got Dangerous. Give me the Seahawks on the road at home uh, uh, to, to win in Philly. Sebi, I'm not very confident in this pick, but give me the Philadelphia Eagles at home in this game. You know, this team is very inconsistent and very weird. You know, they, they find a way to look as lackluster and as terrible offensively as they do against the New England Patriots. But this week, you know, with Jordan Howard possibly coming back and, you know, getting some other players, I think that this week that offensively they can break out a little bit more and uh, and, and have a, a much better game than they did. I love with that. I, I, I think this Eagles defense is, is, is due to have a big game against the uh, Seahawks. You know, they, they this is about as healthy as I've seen this defense look almost since their Super Bowl run. And I think I love the performance they had against the Patriots last week. I think they could possibly duplicate that and get a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson and this Seattle offense. Give me the Eagles uh, to win this game at home. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers travel to ATL in Atlanta. Perhaps, Mike, that, that two-week, that bye week might have woken up Matt Ryan in that offense. Huh. Like what I'm seeing with Calvin Ridley, guys like Julio Jones. That's the duo that I was looking to see. This Atlanta team. This is the Atlanta team that yes. we thought that we would see early on this year. Um, I, I just think Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. The Falcons at home, I like them to rise up. I love the Falcons to rise up in this game. And you're right, Sebi. They're just playing with a whole different confidence. They're playing like the team we both anticipated coming into the year. And I think that they, uh, it's a, it's a wake-up call or something. But as, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But I know right now they're playing some of their best football right now. And I think they're going to continue this and keep it going against Tampa Bay. Give me the Falcons at home. The Broncos against the Bills here. Uh, two great defenses. The The Buffalo Bills got a huge win in Miami last week. Um, and they're taking the Broncos at home. I like them to get some home, very good home cooking. But I will say this. The Broncos are going to make it very interesting, very tough. 
very gritty. I like their performance, what they did last week in Minnesota, although Kirk Cousins came back. I think this is going to be low scoring, hard for the offenses to score, but give me Buffalo at home because I think they have just enough on offense to get the W. Give me Buffalo at home as well, but I'm telling you, Debbie, Denver is finding new ways to lose this year. I mean, the fact that they lost that game, uh, last week against Minnesota and giving up 20 points in the fourth quarter. I, literally, I, I, they controlled the entire football game. And um, I know th- th- and this, this Broncos team has been playing hard all year. They, 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 they haven't lost many. They haven't lost many games by blowouts. The majority of their losses have come down to the wire or the last few possessions. And this Denver team is going to go up there in Buffalo and compete hard. They're going to play hard enough to win, but I think they're going to make just enough plays to lose and give Buffalo the edge. Give me the Buffalo Bills at home. The Buffalo Bills at home there for sure. The Pittsburgh Steelers also looking to rebound as well. What better team to rebound, Mike, than going to Cincinnati and playing the Blowness Bengals? (laughs) What better team to get going? Last time these two teams met, the Bengals scored three points. I like that same type of game duplicated. Give me the Steelers on the road and getting a couple turnovers in the win. Give me the Steelers on the road as well. You know, um, I think I think the Bengals right now are just, you know, a, a team that's vying for the number one pick and they, they just they just don't have it right now. You know, they're, they're a team that competes. Yeah, I like I like I'm not gonna lie to you, Sabi. I do like what I see from Joe Mixon week in and week out. You know, he's he uh, he sh- he shows me flashes of big time plays and, and, and making things happen. But you know, this this team is just not a team that's 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 geared to win uh, to beat a team like this. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road for sure. From there, we go to the Jaguars and the Titans and old AFC South division matchup. Nick Foles come back at helm, but it's not the Nick Foles that I think the Jacksonville Jaguars signed up for. Four years, eighty-eight mil. If he duplicates that same type of performance he had in Indy. Jags ain't going far. They're at Tennessee. The Jaguars have never beaten the Titans for quite some time, especially in Tennessee. The Titans, they play very good at home. I'll take the Titans to tighten up. Savvy, this game is tough. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to get the upset on the road. I think this is going to be one of those games where um, Jacksonville's defense is going to rise up and, and, and really force Ryan Tannehill into some uncomfortable positions. And I like I like this Jags team. I like Nick Foles to bounce back off of his game from last week. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars to get the big win on the road. Wow, wow, wow. What big that would be for um, Doug Marone, who all of a sudden is in the hot seat down there in Jacksonville. From now, we go, Mike, to the national stage games, the biggest games um, this week where they get all of the national recognition. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, quote-unquote, right? Maybe. Yep. Who knows? They travel to Foxborough against Tom Brady, Belichick, and company. What would you know, Mike? Dak Prescott has a chance to not only leave the NFL and 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 passing yards. He has a chance to throw for over 5,000 yards. Nobody would ever thought about that, right? Right. And also finished top three and Q, QB rating. He's been hot, Mike. He's been red hot throwing, slinging that football. But you're going up against a, a, for <laughs> a defense right now that's just light years against anybody in this league. Give me the Patriots. This is going to be closer than what people think, Mike. I think this Cowboys team outside of the Chiefs probably have the second best receiving core in the NFL. You got Cobb. Gallup is coming to his own. And of course, Amari Cooper. One thing I know about Belichick, he takes what you do best away. I think Zeke has a slow game. I think Amari Cooper gets doubled a lot. 
give me the Patriots, maybe to win probably somewhere along single digits. Seb, you give me the Dallas Cowboys to win this game, and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm not, wow. I'm not, Emma, is, is this uh, an epiphany, Mike? No, 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 Sebby. This is real. This is reality right here. This is, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I'm, not, I'm probably not more. I'm probably more confident about the Cowboys being the Patriots this week than any other pick I've made so far. I, I really, I really think right now this is the worst time for the Patriots to play the Cowboys. Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been struggling the last few weeks, but he, he's he's due for a breakout game. And I, right now, I just don't trust this New England offense. It's a lot of dinking and dunking. It's not too many big plays being made. And I think in this game, Brady is going to have to put up some big-time numbers. And I don't know if he's going to be able to put them up consistently in this game. I think the Cowboys make just enough games uh, – excuse me, make just enough plays to win this game. And they win this game uh, quite – not convincingly, but they but they, but they they win pretty close. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go along the lines of from 7 to 10 points. This, yeah, they're going to win this game. But give me the Dallas Cowboys. I think they win this week. Uh, I've got to right stamp now, that. That that has to be history. Mike going on the record as his best pick of the week. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, we go from there to the West Coast. This is regarded as the game of the week, Mike. Um, once when Aaron Rodgers was a young kid, he revered being a 49er fan. He revered yep. being a 49er fan, grew up in, San, in, in the Bay Area. Now he goes back home. And he goes against the team that he once loved. The Packers had full 14 days to prepare for this. Two weeks, Matt LaFleur, the continuity between him and Aaron Rodgers. They went back home and they played a very stingy defense against the 49ers. They're 9-1 against 8-2 Green Bay. I don't feel confident in this, Mike, because I don't like going against Aaron Rodgers. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the 49ers at home. At Levi Stadium, although the Packers have 14 days to prepare, the, the 49ers, they're going to stop the run. Although Jones has been running the football very well, and I think that front four can get after A-Rod. Give, give me the, the 49ers. Maybe to win this by field goal. Sebby, give me the uh, Green Bay Packers to win this game on the road. I think the 49ers are a great football team, and they're going to make this game close. And this is going to be a dogfight between two very physical and two tough teams. But I, I'm going to go roll with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on the road because I trust him to make more plays uh, offensively than I do Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. Give me, um, give me Green, Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay Packers team to win. And, of course, to top it off, Mr. Lamar Jackson heads to Hollywood as, <laughs> as if he even needs more spotlight on him. The Ravens, Monday night football ahead against the Los Angeles Rams, who got a huge win just to stay outside in the bubble in the wild card picture out there in the NFC. So you got Lamar Jackson against that front of Clay Matthews and Aaron Donald in LA. I'm not very confident about this, but I'm going to take the Ravens here. I like what I see. Uh, obviously when it comes down to it, I prefer Lamar Jackson over Jared Goff. Let's talk about this, Mike, the regression we've seen from Jared Goff, this guy, once once in a Super Bowl was we were thinking about who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL that we would want to start a franchise with. And Jared Goff was in that list. All of a sudden he's regressed. But at the end of the day, give me the Ravens defense against him. I think Lamar Jackson puts on a show, but I'm not very confident in this. I think this might be a game where the Rams as the reigning NFC champion show in the big national stage on ESPN that they still have some juice in him. 
So so I'm not very confident in this, but let me take the Ravens to keep it on rolling. Give me the Rams at home. I, I think this is one of those games, like you just stated, where the Rams uh, show why they're one of the top teams in the NFC. They, they, they've been very inconsistent this year. They've, they've failed to put, again, put together great big-time wins against top competition, and I think this is one of those games where they do so. I think Lamar Jackson balls out and has a great game, but I think that uh, Jared Goff and this team uh, makes more plays offensively and, and makes uh, more plays. I think Aaron Donald will be able to uh, uh, confuse this running game and, and stuff him a little bit. I think that uh, I'm going to go with the Rams at home to, to get this game. It's going to be a tough win, though. A lot of narratives. Marcus Peters against his former team as well. Yes. Monday night football is a very up a dandy one there. Oh, for yeah. Sure. That was our 12 picks. And let us know what you think as well. When we come back, we wrap things up and look to the college game where, of course, Tua goes down and nothing changed in the top four. And, of course, look ahead to some of the biggest matchups. This is the Sevy Podcast Radio Show inside the studios at WNSC. Hi, I'm Fanny. I'm Cecilia. I'm Joanna. And I'm Alwyn Jr. And we are Precise Tax and Accounting Services in Central Florida. And we would love to give a special thanks to Sevy Podcast Creel for keeping us up to date with everything sports during this busy tax season. Do you find yourself overwhelmed by the changes in our new tax law? Or would you just love to have the peace of mind that comes with dealing with a well-informed professional? If so, reach out to us for any of your tax, accounting, or small business needs and be sure to let us know that SEBI Podcast sent you. Thank you. back here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray for our final segment today. But before first we do that, we want to talk about precise tax and accounting. That's right, precise tax and accounting. My man, a very good friend of mine, Alwyn Morgan Jr. If you're in the area, in the community, in the Central Florida area, tax season is upon us. That's right. Contact Mr. Alwyn Morgan Jr. Precise tax and accounting. That's right the income for you and we're back here mike and we shift gears to the collegiate game where talk to us and assess to us mike what nick saban is going through in his head with his leader mr tua tagovailoa going down on a nasty play him and you want to you know put keep him out there because he was rolling and you know he had the team right but i um you know being up 35 to 7 i just i just uh, my, my personal opinion was i just felt like as the starting quarterback, being up thirty-five to seven against Mississippi State, they weren't losing that game if Tua would have sat out. You know what I mean? So, but at the at the, at the same time, it's very easy to say that knowing after the fact that we saw him get hurt. You know, had Tua not gotten hurt, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But I think what he's thinking right now is um, wondering why he kept him in, or possibly, you know, I, I think right now he's not even worried about why he kept him in. Nick Saban is a move-on type of guy. He's worrying about how he can get Matt Jones right in order to continue to finish this season out strong and possibly have a you know uh, do well in SEC tournament. So uh, right now he's not he's not really focused on the tour. Right now he'll worry about tour once the season's over. You know, but... and, what, and if you're a scout in the NFL, yes. does this concern you about Tua Tagovailoa? Not only this year, but past seasons like yes. last year 
with this reoccurring injury. Yes, it does because, like you said, it's reoccurring and it's been repetitive. It's not. This isn't a situation where this just came up this year. No, every every single year since he came over, since he took over in that national championship against Georgia, he's been hit with gruesome injuries that have continued that have to come at bad times. You know, against the big teams, he's continued to be hurt, and uh, it's cost him. It's cost. It's cost Bama. You know, the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think scouts are definitely looking at that and possibly saying, well, how does he combat with the injuries? And they're not seeing as much promise as they thought they should have. But I think it's definitely going to affect some scouts, and some scouts are going to be on the on, on the back end with Tua. Definitely there. So we look ahead to this week's – the committee said nothing has changed. LSU all held the fighting Bayou Tigers at number one and, of course, followed by Ohio State at number two. Clemson stays at number three and Georgia at number four after wrapping up the SEC East and also beating Auburn. That's a huge win, Mike, yep. in strength of schedule moving on forward if they want to get into this playoff picture. And Alabama stays in five. And, Mike, I, I think that, you know, I said this last week. I think even in the LSU game, Tua didn't look right. He didn't look right. I thought he was ahead of schedule. I think they played him because it was the magnitude of the game. It was LSU, yeah. and they had no choice. You had to play him because Mac Jones could play Tua because you had to match possession per possession going up against Joe Burrow and Joe Brady in that offense. So I think they, they had no choice to play him. But I said last week, he looked gimpy. Uh, he, he looked like he was jerking. He didn't look right. And so obviously you see that in the next game because he got hot in that second half and they scored in every possession in that second half against LSU and translated against this game against Mississippi state. But, you know, it, 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 it reminds you and says, if Saban had kept them away, all of a sudden got to look ahead for this kid's future in the NFL. And not only that, they might've squandered their opportunity and getting back in this picture for the college football playoffs. So exactly. Alabama may be in a detriment here. And, and and not knowing what they want to do. So this is a huge quandary for Saban and his squad for sure. Matt Jones needs to grow up quick if Alabama wants to have any opportunity because, Stevie, you're absolutely right. In the past, you know, me and you could have played quarterback uh, for Alabama with how elite those defenses were. You know, they would have been fine. But but I don't think that Alabama has the same uh, mystique and the same defense defensive intensity that we've seen from them in recent memory. You know, teams used to go into Alabama going going against Alabama and fear and fear going against this team. They don't have that same fear factor for other teams, and teams are going in there uh, uh, very confident in their ability to get a victory. Definitely there for sure. And all of a sudden, teams like Oregon, Oklahoma going yeah. into Baylor, a huge comeback. I thought that oh, woke yeah. up the eyes of the committee because – all of a sudden, Oklahoma, that's a quality win. Baylor was undefeated at the point, and they went at Waco and beat them out there in Texas. So, Mr. Jalen Hurts is starting to perhaps just narrow the Heisman uh, talks a little bit, although I still think Mr. Burrow has two hands on it. But all of a sudden, guys, teams like Oregon and Oklahoma are back in this, right, Mike? Yes, they are. O Oklahoma, that was an impressive uh, win because they went down 28 to three in the second quarter in a blink of an eye, Sebi. It was so fast, but they, they stayed poised and their defense was the catalyst because we knew that once Jalen Hurts and this Oklahoma offense got rolling, that they were going to score every possession. The only time they didn't score in the second half was when Hurts fumbled at the goal line with a chance to score a touchdown. 
Other than that, they scored on every possession. And then uh, the only question was whether or not this defense was going to be able to get stops and, uh, and and actually give them a chance to win. And that's exactly what Oklahoma did. They, this defense stepped up, and they played a big game after two very abysmal performances. So I, the Oklahoma definitely uh, earned their spot for sure. Definitely there, Oklahoma. All of a sudden, Lincoln Riley's squad trying to make a late push in the Big 12 to make it into the tournament. They're going to need some help, but they're going to get it hopefully for sure as the college season winds down for sure. The biggest games and the biggest times all happen here, and we talk about it first. Mike, the biggest game this week, number two, Ohio State. Boy, you want to talk about a juggernaut, a machine, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins. This offense under Ryan Day has just been – I mean, they've been – it has not even been close, Mike. They've been hanging 60, 70, 50 on teams. They get probably the stiffest tests, of course. All of a sudden, Penn State, who lost to Minnesota a couple weeks ago, may have their chance to get back in this. They got to go to the horseshoe at Columbus against Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State seeing this is clicking in all cylinders. That's the game of the week, Mike. Number eight, Penn State at Ohio State. Your quick thoughts on that. I think that um, this is going to be a much closer game than people are giving them credit. I know the Vegas line was about, I think they were giving the Ohio State favored by 16 and a half or something like that. I think that's very disrespectful to Penn State. Penn, this Penn State football team is competitive, they're physical, and they have what it takes to get to get out there and be competitive in this win. I think Penn State easily covers that spread. Ohio State still gets the victory, but I think Penn State will make this game much closer and much more competitive than anticipated. Yeah, right now, Penn State is going to some turmoil right now. Uh, James Franklin, their head coach, is trying to lay down the media with all of these death threats to their his starting quarterback, Mr. Clifford. So getting death threats left and right. Uh, so um, he's hoping that that conti- uh, doesn't continue, of course, and telling his young quarterback to stay off social media. You got to tell these young kids to stay off of social media, yep. especially as a quarterback like that. But Got to get his mind right on defense. He's got to get ready for number two, Mr. Potentially the top pick in the NFL, Mike. Yes, he does. Chase Young is special. He's one of the best players in in college football. You know, his his physicality, his aggression, he has that killer mentality. Uh, It's going to be a big test for him because you know they're going to roll linemen towards him. They're going to roll help towards him. They might chip him with the backs. There's going to be a lot of attention uh, geared towards Chase Young, I'm looking in a game like this. I'm looking for the others to step up and possibly make some noise. Definitely there. And that was our the time that we had today, folks. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. We want to thank you for spending time with us in a gorgeous evening here in the East Coast. Myself and Michael Gray. Another great week in the sports world. And another one looming upon us. We want to say so long for now inside the studios of WNSC. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info, some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast Experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.